We're a safe space, Gons. We're a safe, we're a safe space. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is July 27th, 2020, episode 224. And this week, Civil Chaos Crypto Crisper Cow. That's right. And you know me, I'm not person, woman, man, camera, TV. I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. We're back here on Monday, live streaming with... From what I can tell, zero people watching on Twitch, which can't be because I see people in the chat. Yeah, they're just messing with our numbers, trying to keep us down. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I re. I, oh, there we go. We got 39 over at Twitch. Still, we're still waiting for people to come in. So there you go. Well, happy to be here. Gons, are you happy to be here? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So that- pumped. That authentic and excited attitude from your favorite Gonzo. <laughs> Grumpy Gonzo. Um, anything ex- exciting happen over the weekend? Uh, no, I just got more gray hairs, you know. Uh, yeah. Gray hairs are coming in strong. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to thank That Night Wind on YouTube for actually doing the timestamps. Oh, somebody actually episode. did it. Yeah. And That's great. so I pinned that to at least the face, like the sun channel. I needed to do that for the other channels, but, uh, yeah. it's definitely helpful. It's really nice to have all the stories and everything just timestamped and you can just go there. You don't have to listen to all this nonsensical banter at the beginning of the show. If you're watching uh, well, that's later the on the best YouTube. part of the show, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should uh, put that in the show notes as well on canary cry news, com. So thank you very much. Who what was the name of that person? It was that night wind, that night wind. Yes. You heard it folks, everybody. You can thank that night wind. I think we'll uh, officially make them a producer for last episode as well. Yes. So will do very good. Thank you very much. And hopefully they do it again. And if not, somebody else does. And as a reminder, you know, if you're listening to the show and you're just kind of hanging out and you're able to take time codes for when we uh, switch topics, that's super helpful for people trying to navigate the show on YouTube and uh, I think other places as well. So that's yeah. very cool. Thank you very much. That night wind. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, yep. And then um, I see some stuff in the notes here that I, I don't know what it's about. Okay. Person, uh, woman, man, camera, TV. Did you see, did you see that? The person, I, woman, man, camera, TV? I, I saw the note. I don't know what it's referring to. Oh, it was Trump. That was Trump's proof that uh, he is mentally fit to run the country. He, was that a tweet or something? Did he tweet that out? <laughs> Apparently, it was a, a cognitive test that he had to take um, <laughs> that he you know, wanted to make sure everybody knew he was cognitively fit to be president. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, you got to take this cognitive test where you got to remember words and uh, person, woman, man, camera, TV. So there you go. I'm totally fine. <laughs> Get out of my way. Okay. It was just one of those fun little, fun little jokes floating around that, uh, you know, 
came from the president over the weekend there. Nice. But, you know, the people who are engaged would already know that. They're they're totally on board. Uh, but, Gons, let's start out with a flippy update. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okie dokie, Flippy update. For those who don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied arm that is taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. And uh, let's see here. This week, we're, we, we like to use the conversation about Flippy, the burger flipping robot, um, as a proxy conversation to discuss how robots are, you know, taking over the world and what, what we got to keep an eye out for. Today, I'm coming from MSN.com. The article is titled, with robots help oxnard turns unused park space into spot for social distancing activities and there's a little video there guns we can show on the screen it's a big grassy field with a bunch of circles in it and the article reads when the city of oxnard purchased a robot to mark up sports fields staff members placed two eyeball stickers on it and named it joey since the since then the robot has uh, put in a lot of work over the plaza park in downtown joey painted hashtag oxnard together as a rallying cry during these isolating times at college park he painted dozens of circles guiding visitors to social distance Inside one of the circles was Diane Wee, who was uh, working up a sweat during a recent Zumba class. Quote, I feel safer here. I probably wouldn't do this if it was indoors, Wee said. It's like you have your own personal workout pod. Oh, okay. Uh, with the help of a turf painting robot, the city has been able to quickly transform unused park space. Now that team sports are prohibited locally and across the country, the Cultural and Community Services Department started offering free outdoor Zumba and yoga classes at College Park and recently added a Tai Chi class. Cultural and Community Services, blah, 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 blah. Then they go into sort of an ad for this uh, Cultural and Community Services organization. But the most important thing is, uh, watch out, groundskeepers. Uh, Flippy's coming for you. And he's got big googly eyes on. So there you go. I'm telling you, people, the googly eyes, you got to watch out for them. It's yeah. a statement. It's uh, it's propaganda. And it's you being used to take away your freedoms. Yeah, Joey, the, the green lime green robot drawing circles mm-hmm. on the ground for social distancing. Uh, I don't know. They couldn't just get somebody else to do it. They had to get a robot. I don't know. Well, yeah, of course, you know, I, did you ever play uh team sports besides swimming on a grass, grass based team sports when you were a kid? I played a little soccer. Yeah. 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 There you go. You, uh, I played a lot of baseball when I was a kid and you kind of, uh, you know, having the, the old, old man Magoo out there painting the, the lines on the field was always, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I never considered how important it was to have a, <laughs> a human presence drawing the lines on the field until uh, old man Magoo got his job replaced by Joey, the, <laughs> the propaganda robot. I just think it's funny, too, how they show these people exercising and, you know, yeah, I feel safe now. Now that I have these circles drawn in the grass, I feel safe. Oh, yeah. It's just like elementary school, you know, you got to have a little mark on the ground to know where to stand. Otherwise, you know, what are you going to do? Otherwise, Rona, obviously. The Rona will get you. 
Yep. So there you go. Robots telling us how to live. Even more, Gons. <laughs> yeah, it's no surprise. Uh, well, we got a bunch of quick updates here. One of them is uh, it's making the rounds. It's something that we reported on. Uh, not this exact story, but uh, something similar here. Let's uh, start with, uh, well, well, we'll just do the update jingle here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. All right, and uh, this story comes from gov.uk. Oh, press official. release. Yeah, official press release. COVID 19 confirmed in pet cat in the UK. Mm. Shut it down. Shut down the whole UK. The UK's mm. chief veterinary officer has confirmed that the virus responsible for COVID-19 has been detected in a pet cat in the UK. The infection was oh, confirmed no. following tests at the animal and plant health agency, AFA or APHA, I don't know, laboratory in Weybridge in when on Wednesday, the 22nd of July. Uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, nothing Kitty's really to say about sniffles. that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. We, we reported on a Dutch cat, you said, I think. Yeah, so uh, this was months ago, kind of at the beginning of quarantine. There was yeah. a Dutch kitten who had coronavirus. I, I never was able to track down the 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 uh, the fate of that cat. I'm, I'm hoping uh, they've they pulled out of it fine. Wow. Um, and then there was a tiger. There was a tiger. Oh, right. There was a tiger. I'm going off of memory here. That I think the tiger was in the New York Zoo, got coronavirus. So now, watch out, UK kitties, British kitties. <laughs> if they didn't, Rona's coming for you. If we didn't hear anything about it, they probably didn't die. Because if they died, yeah. then we would hear about it, and we oh, would yeah, be in that fear. Would have been ultimate propaganda. The ultimate propaganda machine. Because uh, the pets got to protect the pets. Cat masks. I know. That's, you know, Americans make more decisions based on their pets than anything else at this point. Yeah. Oh, we got a um, quick uh, VR update, too. <laughs> yep. We talked about uh, the past couple weeks, the issues with professional sports and, uh, you know, you can pay tickets to have a cardboard cutout of you placed in the stands someplace. Um, they're, they're try I think, uh, baseball oh shoot i think it's either in preseason or they're playing games i was just i think they're playing in a games waiting now. room i'm sorry yeah, base baseball's in season now i think they're in playing season, like 60 okay. games or something yeah i saw a game uh, on when i was waiting in a waiting room this last week so that that's the only way i knew uh but yeah but the, here we go um over on twitter what are we looking at gons uh it's just a video of fox news Telling their fans or telling viewers that, you know, no fans, not on Fox Sports. We got virtual reality fans kind of, you know, overlaid into the crowd area, which is creepy already. Uh, they can do the wave, cheering, booing, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, yeah. there was a, there was a, they, they can even wear team colors and all this stuff and, and change uh, their outfits. Change their outfits. I actually think that, this is creepier than what I saw over the weekend. There was a Dodger game on and they had these giant cutouts. Did you see any of that from the Dodger game? These huge cutouts, uh, uh, cardboard people 
that were way yeah. too big. They were completely not sized oh, right. I, I didn't know they were too big. Oh, they were way too funny. big. It was it was hilarious, and they're all kind of in the background. It's just the whole thing is so dystopic. Who thought the dystopia would be so silly looking? Yeah, well, this is an interesting concept um, because what it's doing is it's it's pointing out a little bit of a disturbing fact about. Uh, about sports or professional sports or, or much more than that, just televised sports and yeah. the ritual, the American ritual, or really as a worldwide ritual of uh, watching sports on television. You know, it, the fact that they're going through such lengths to put fake fans in the stands yeah. says some really interesting things about uh, the desire of sports fans, sports watchers, you know, because yeah. in theory, you should be able to watch a baseball game w- with no fans in the stands and be fine. You know, you're there to watch the game, to watch the teams, mm-hmm. to watch the competition. But apparently it's just too uh, isolating or lonely or some sort of uncanny valley. I think it's kind of an uncanny valley situation where you want to be watching something that other people are also watching. Like there's yeah. a that feeling of connectedness uh, that comes from the ritual of watching sports on TV is, you know, look at all these people. They're there, but I'm also connected to them because I'm watching on TV. I can see them. Other humans are having this experience with me. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like uh, it fits into some interesting philosophies of desire where, you know, your desires come from what you think other people want you to desire. Well, uh, that's a much bigger conversation, but it's a sort of a well-known philosophical trope. And it's like, yeah, I can't yeah. stand to watch baseball unless there's other fans there knowing that I'm watching baseball. <laughs> well, part of it too, it's, it's interesting because it doesn't affect, well, like the players don't have, I don't know. Sometimes I think they have crowd noise or whatever through the speakers, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really, I mean, I'm sure it affects them a little bit, but not really, you know, I mean, it, Who, only the, the, players. the players. Yeah. Only, only in situations where, you know, you want to wave to the crowd or something. Um, yeah, but, but see, I think it's kind of the same thing. No, no, no. But I, here, that's what I, I'm saying. I think as a yeah. fan, you have this ideology of, oh, I hit a home run and I can hear the crowd cheer. And like, I want that, that affirmation, you know, right. and I, it's that fantasy. Uh, that, Why that's am I what even out here if nobody's watching right. me? <laughs> right, right. But they're all watching from home. So wave to the, to the, wave to the camera, you know, yeah. that's the, ne- the new thing. Wave to the camera. That's anyway. a lonely feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or That's or wave to the robots that have the 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 Skype call or whatever going. So I think this really fits into you know I mean I think the the sports leagues are starting to realize just how uncanny it is to to try not just to play a game with no fans in the stands but also to watch the team play a game knowing that there's no stands in the fans, you know, it's almost like you're spying on a private, uh, on a private event, you know, the, um, I think it's, I I don't know exactly how to knit it all together, but there's some, definitely some elements of, uh, social engineering and psyops involved in this. Yeah, for sure. They definitely want to make, uh, this kind of a normal situation. Moving forward. But uh, we got more updates here. This is another quick one here. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. Thanks, Batman. 
This is from Fox 6 Now. Noah's Ark GM fired over anti-mask comments and email to Wisconsin Dells uh, officials. And I think I could play this clip. It'll summarize everything in about 30 seconds here. Noah's Ark in Wisconsin Dells no longer has that title. He's fired after making comments about Ooh, a pending mask mandate. Former, I should say now former, general manager Mark Whitfield told the Sauk County Health Department that he should not have to wear a mask because not only because he had a medical condition, but because he has, quote, a religious problem with it. He went on to say no one in Sauk County has died from, and I stress these are his words, the China virus since March. Whitfield was fired. Sauk County Board of Supervisors still debating that possible mask mandate. So, what was that screaming in the uh, background? It's people, people going down a slide, the water slide ah, at the, the Noah's slide. Ark. Uh, the one thing they didn't mention in the actual news uh, report there, Whitfield went on to say he had religious issues with the mandate calling masks the mark of the beast. So he actually mm. called it the mark of the beast. And so there you go. Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't know if we're... We need to send him uh, Chris White's uh, a little chart. chart yeah, of yeah. identifying the mark of the I, beast. I get the sentiment. I really do. I just don't think it's, it's, it's a hill to die on um, at this point, but I understand. Well, I understand yeah. the, the concerns. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just to take one step back, uh, Isaiah 4214 in the chat um, regarding the baseball uh, conversation yeah. says this is a transition to esports. Oh Which yeah, I think was actually a really good point. That is, that is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think uh, ESPN that in there. Somebody, somebody reported that ESPN just announced like a blockchain thing that you can use Bitcoin and all that for their esports platform. We'll get into all that in a little bit here, but yeah. Uh, yeah so there you go. Don't make comments right. unless you I got a, want to get fired. I got a four horsemen of the technocalypse update. Okay, here we go. Four horsemen, where are you? The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. <laughs> Just keeping track of our good buddy Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. This isn't the most uh, hard-hitting story, no. but you know what? We gotta know what's going on in this guy's life. This is at the NZ Herald, the New Zealand Herald, .co.nz, and it says Elon Musk scolded by Grimes on Twitter over pronouns post. <laughs> Grimes, that's his uh, girlfriend there, has lambasted her what did i just say elon musk's girlfriend is grimes here grimes has lambasted her partner elon musk on twitter telling him to quote turn off your phone after he fired off a cryptic tweet about gender identity the tesla boss who welcomed a child with grimes in may tweeted quote pronouns suck hours after another cryptic tweet that read Twitter sucks. <laughs> In a now deleted reply, Canadian singer Grimes pulled up her partner uh, for his pronouns comment, quote, I love you, but please turn off your phone and give me a call. Grimes wrote, <laughs> I cannot support hate. Please stop this. I know this isn't your heart. So Grimes trying to do some damage control for Musk there. Musk's messages are still on Twitter. It comes after the billionaire SpaceX founder made headlines for declaring his support for Kanye West's presidential campaign before withdrawing his support soon after, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I thought this was funny because uh, it's a whole new world when the disagreements <laughs> with your uh, with your partner Significant or other. your spouse yeah, becomes a Twitter-wide uh, <laughs> public discussion. 
Yeah. Mm. It's not looking. But it's all, it, it's all, uh, if not Richie signaling, it, her PR people, you know, must have been like, hey, you got to say something about this publicly. You can't just privately right. scold your, well, your that's uh, the thing. boyfriend. There, there, we live in this weird, like voyeuristic culture now where everything on Twitter is real life. So yeah, of course right. it's going to spill into all this, uh, you know, personal relationship type stuff. And then you got all these people commenting on behalf of Grimes. You, you go get him, you get him girl, <laughs> you, you occult lady, you know, go, yeah. go re- reel in your man. Cause go men, men witty. stink, you know, that, that whole thing. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Keep it up there. Interesting Elon. <laughs> though. I mean, such a simple, such a simple two thing words. Pronouns suck. But and the, you can even make an argument if I'm if I'm just going to I'm just going to play the field here for a second. Uh, let's say that I was somebody who was militant about the use of uh, pronouns and an individual's right to choose their own pronouns. You know the ter- the phrase pronouns suck could be agreed upon by anybody i mean if you're a you know a pronoun warrior you know it just makes sense that pronouns would suck because they're such a complicated and genderizing and categorizing uh piece of language that we could probably just do without labels you know elon musk i think you know what uh his girlfriends are difficult elon you'll be (laughs) fine buddy All right, one more quick update here. We are indeed fake. This one from thebulletintime.com. This software allows you to use deep fakes in video calls. And uh, it oh, actually no. has a picture of Elon uh, in some kind of Zoom call right there. And it says here the deep fakes, those manipulated videos that change the face of one person for another and superimpose the voice reach video calls. This function is possible thanks to Avatarify, an open source software that uses artificial intelligence to change your face for another person's like a famous person in real time, reproducing the gestures and movements you make. As reported by Vice, this software has been developed by programmer Ali Aliyev who posted a video on his YouTube channel a few weeks ago showing how he made his friends believe he was Elon Musk in a video call via Zoom. Yeah, the software is available on GitHub and blah, 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 stuff about deepfakes. But this is fun. Maybe I should play with this. It, well, <laughs> maybe. maybe could we'll, make uh, up a whole new face. There you go. You can, you can be part of the problem. Wow, this sounds fun. I'm going to have to look into this. If, you know, I don't know my my uh, signature VR mask and googly eyes. You know, the problem is you just I just can't win. If I switch over to a deep fake, people are going to say I miss the googly eyes. I'm scared of this new computer face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way, they're going to say uh, they're, they're, they're going to go after you because you're not showing yeah. your face. You know, I know it's yeah, sick. So. people are sick. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that is very interesting. Wow. A consumer grade. This is just going to cause so many problems. You know, this is a good way to get out of work, though. You know, if you have to show up <laughs> for a, a Zoom call yeah. uh, in the morning, like a lot of businesses are, are requiring, you can just kind of, you know, make up a deep fake, put your kid, sit your kid down in front of the computer and you can go take a nap or something. You know, uh, one of the themes we often bring up on this show is but as the days of no were so shall also the coming of the son of man be if you read the book of enoch it talks about how the watchers taught women how to wear makeup and stuff 
Mm-hmm. This is like a whole new level now. You don't have to wear makeup. You just got to have the Ooh. right deep fake to cover up all the blemishes. Yeah. And, do you think uh, that's better or worse that you can have virtual makeup and you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, uh, desecrate well, your God given face with paint. We're already headed in that direction with all the filters. I mean, it's just an, an, another step. And actually I think on like FaceTime now you can pull up like, you can make your face, you can get a little mask thing and, and make your face into like a little lion or a monkey. Yeah. yeah Snapchat you can do that. filters. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. You got stuff like that yeah. already. So I don't think that's a, you know, make it a little more subtle and you got something that everybody can use. It can roll out of bed and, you know, instead of putting on makeup, they can, they can deep fake uh, it. Oh, don't worry. I have Instagram guns. I am fully aware of the... <laughs> technical capabilities of <laughs> and, uh, hiding <laughs> one's true identity with <laughs> filters. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, All right. Okay, interesting. Lo, you want to get into our first story here? Sure. He's a okay. Satanist from one of the Satanist churches here where they sacrifice babies. All right, a little update here about uh, good old Tom Hanks, obviously been in a lot of hot water recently. Due to his uh, connections with the Lolita Express and the Epstein flight logs and Egon's, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, there are uh, there is just a, the the whole internet is on board with this uh, the Tom Hanks issue. There was a local news station I saw a while back who I think it was I forget what it was. It was like Tom Hanks's birthday or his anniversary or maybe it was like the anniversary of one of his movies or something. And this local news station put out a Oh Tom Hanks, thank you for all you've done for us. Uh, happy birthday or whatever. Um, let us know what you love about Tom Hanks. Oh no, was, they did not do that for the public. There was oh, thirty thousand no. comments by the time that I saw it, and uh, I could not find one comment that was not a reference to uh, Tom Hanks. You know, uh, allegedly being involved in PizzaGate. Um, so it was a big spread the truth moment, and uh, I could. A lot of people were waking up because you know, there's a lot of people like. Uh, I don't care about this pedo. I don't trust anybody who's been on the Lolita Express, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all the theories revolving around Tom Hanks, um, including the COVID-19 ones. And then there's other people like, I don't get it. What's the Lolita Express? Somebody <laughs> tell me. And it was quite the evangelistic event yeah, for that, people that can... first hearing about a lot of the Pizzagate yeah, stuff. Who, who needs Q when we have a uh, mainstream media opening it up for the public? I know. There you go. So here we go. I'm over here on CNN.com because I just, you know, I like to see what they have to say about things. Um, The article is titled Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are officially Greek citizens. Hmm. How convenient. Yes. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have a special reason to celebrate this week. They're both officially Greek citizens. In a picture posted on social media by the country's prime minister, the two proudly hold up their brand new passports. The couple and their children became honorary Greek citizens last year after officials highlighted Hanks' role in helping raise awareness about the 2018 fires that devastated areas near Athens and claimed the lives of more than 100 people. 
people. Quote, Tom Hanks is a person who showed real interest in the people who suffered from the fire in Mati and promoted this issue in the global media. Greek interior minister Takis Theodorikakos told CNN in a statement in December, Wilson, who is part Greek and Hanks, a Greek Orthodox convert. That is interesting. Did you know Tom Hanks was a Greek Orthodox convert? No. Interesting. Yeah, that's huh. very interesting. That's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. That's a whole nother uh, layer of, of uh, perception control, probably. To Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, have yeah. often been spotted spending their vacations in Greece, where they also own property on the island of Antiparos. The two have produced several films based on the Greek community and never shy away from sharing their admiration for the country and its people. Quote, I've been Hellenic now. Hellenic just mean Greek Greek enthusiast. I've been Hellenic now for the better part of 32 years. Hanks, oh, almost 33 years. Almost. It's, it's like uh, his announcement that he will be Greek for the 33rd year. Yeah. Mm. Hanks told reporters at the 2020 Golden Globe Awards earlier this year, and this is where it got interesting. Quote, Greece is a haven. I've been Mm. around the world. I've been to the most beautiful places in the world. None of them tops Greece. The land, the sky, the water. It's good for the soul. It's a healing place, Hank said. But given uh, his recent issues being connected to Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Lolita Express, Epstein Island, uh, calling you know greece a haven with his new passport his new citizenship i don't know if if i were a conspiracy thinking person this this seems like a setup for him to uh, avoid any extra attention or apprehension that may stem from uh, the gislaine maxwell uh, case coming up next year yeah and greece being sort of the the ancient hub of uh, pederasty yeah. and you know that sort of yeah all that kind the, of stuff the boy love stuff in ancient greece yeah there's a yeah uh, mm, let's see, according like to that yeah i know according to the uh cities of the gods um greek culture of the ancient periods was the principal cultural model for free relationships between citizens and that means of you know all ages and all genders I guess they only considered two back then, but uh, yeah. if you're to extend that kind of cultural thing to today, then there you go. And you yeah, know, his little tweet about it is weird too. It's like a shadow of him and like a statue or something. It's just a oh oh yeah. I didn't even really pay attention to that. Yeah, he's known for having some pretty weird tweets. That uh, yeah, it's like a headless, <laughs> like a headless statue of a. Greek yeah, goddess well, or something. And this <laughs> is like, why what? you need to this is why people need to become familiar with their occult uh, occult imagery not just you know checkerboard floors and uh all seeing eyes and things like that but uh you see a lot of messages in in and when i say occult i don't necessarily just mean like satanism and stuff like that but the the uh, ideology of hidden meanings and symbology uh, you'll see a lot of that stuff and again not just triangles and checkerboard floors 
wars. But, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things like, uh, well, we'll, that'll, we'll save that for another episode. But you can see that in, in the, even the most benign of Instagram pictures, uh, you know, regarding people of his, his nature. Or his ilk. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's running away. Before before stuff comes out, he's going to his haven. His haven is haven. Yeah, it is weird. It does feel like uh, this is an escape. This is a runaway situation. It certainly trying feels to maybe that way. avoid certain things that may come to light. We'll see. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, we have a couple uh, updates on some uh, money thingies. Money, money. <laughs> All right, this first article. Oh, I think I have it backwards here. Maybe oh, Yahoo Finance. Oh, no, I got it right. Okay, finance.yahoo.com. This is titled Global Uncertainty Appears to Benefit Gold, Bitcoin, and Gold Backed Stable Coins. Rallies in gold and Bitcoin continued into Monday's morning trading session, a development underpinned by uncertainty around the global economy and a weakening U.S. dollar. Bullion soared to record highs above $1,900 per ounce, while Bitcoin topped $10,300, its highest level since February. And uh, as of right now, let me let me do a real quick refresh to do some live Bitcoin price updates here. Uh, $10,890. While you do that, I want to say hi to, to Will Steele. William Steele, oh, nice. acclaimed jewel thief. Claimed and jewel thief. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's... Uh, good friend who's in the chat <laughs> awesome maybe maybe he can tell us about some some jewel thievery especially <laughs> the precious metal thievery that's right uh yeah so you know i'm not going to really this is more of like a an update but the, the main point here is that the dollar is weakening and the the one way we would know for sure that the dollar is getting weaker is gold prices going up and gold hitting right. all-time highs is an indication that there the hyperinflation is happening and modern monetary theory is somewhat failing. So just something to keep in mind here. Uh, right. In a research note to clients, Goldman Sachs noted that it sees a strong case for structural dollar weakness. Uh, quote, gold stands out as the clearest outperformer exceeding its already high beta to real yields. Dollar also uh, has also slightly underperformed as many pro-risk and Eurocentric currencies have seen even stronger than expected returns and yada, yada, yada bank stuff. Uh, so yeah. Hey, if you own gold, if you own silver, if you own Bitcoin, you're a, you're a happy person today. It's been going up. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Fun times. Bitcoin and uh, go to moon. Bitcoin go to moon. Bitcoin go to moon. And, um, Along with that, I wanted to uh, share this with you. Marketwatch.com billionaire investor Ray Dalio fears for the dollar and the soundness of our money. And here's why. And we'll go through, uh, you know, uh, these articles with Marketwatch and stuff, it's all technical market speak. I'll mm -hmm. just kind of get to his, uh, his main points here. Billionaire investor Ray Dalio warned the conflict between the U.S. and China could develop into a capital war which would hurt the U.S. dollar. Quote, there's a trade war, there's a technology war, there's a geopolitical war, and there could be a capital war. That's the reality, Dalio said on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures. 
Quote, if you say by law, don't invest in China or even possibly withholding the payment of bonds that the U.S. owes payment on in China, these things are possibilities and they have big implications such as for the value of the dollar because pre-market investors are not used to having those things dictated by the government, he said. The Bridgewater Associates founder added that these difficult questions had to be, quote, well addressed and it was a challenge for the government to get the policy right. The hedge fund firm laid off several dozen employees across the company this month, which is crazy. You know, there's all these companies and corporations raking in billions, the Bezoses and all that. But uh, these giant hedge funds are still laying people off and, you know, unemployment still going up. Um, and Ray Dalio, if you if you do you know about Ray Dalio, Basil? Do you know some of his his like written works and stuff? Have you paid attention? You to know, him? I've never spent, I've never paid too much attention to him. I've heard his name here and there. Okay, so he he actually has a very long post that he made in March called "The Changing World Order: uh, Where We Are and Where We Are Going." Oh, it's a new world order! It's here. And uh, the link will be in the in the description here. It's a really, really long read. It's got about four chapters here, it looks like. I highlighted some key points here that uh, I think is, is uh, relevant to the conversation because he believes that the New World Order is something that actually uh, unfolded a couple times and we're in this stage of another New World Order, which uh, you know, is something that we've kind of been saying too, like the destruction of the old world order in replacement of the new world order uh, or the new new world order. And let me try to find it here. There's a whole summary section. I'm going through like five chapters. I'm trying to find the spot. Okay. In brief, the new world order began after the end of world war II in 1945 with the Bretton Woods agreement, having put the dollar in the position of being the world's leading reserve currency in 1944. The U.S. and the dollar naturally fit into that role because at the end of the war, the U.S. had around two-thirds of the world's gold held by governments, which was the world's money at the time, accounted for 50% 50 of the world's economic production and was the dominant military power. The new monetary system was a Type 2 claims on hard money monetary system in which paper dollar claims on gold could be exchanged by other countries' central banks for an ounce of gold. At the price of $35 an ounce. Remember, it's 1900, over 1900 now. Yeah. Uh, it was then illegal for individuals to own gold because government leaders didn't want gold to compete with money and credit as a storehold of wealth. So at the time, gold was the money in the bank and the paper dollar were like checks in a checkbook that could be turned in for the real money. At the time of the establishment of this new monetary system, there were $50 of paper money in existence for each ounce of gold the U.S. government owned. So there was nearly 100% gold backing. Other major countries that were U.S. allies, example the U.K., France, and the Commonwealth countries, or under U.S. control, Germany, Japan, and Italy, had U.S.-controlled currencies that were linked to the dollar. In the years that followed to finance its activities, the U.S. government spent more than it took in in tax revenue, so it had to borrow money, which created more dollar-denominated debt. The U.S. Federal Reserve allowed the creation of a lot more claims on gold, dollar-denominated money and credit, than could actually be converted into gold at that $35 price. As the paper money was turned in for the hard money, gold, 
the quantity of gold in the U.S. bank went down at the time uh, at the same time as the claims on it continued to rise. As a result, the Bretton Woods monetary system broke down in August 15, 1971, when President Nixon, like President Roosevelt on March 5, 1933, defaulted on the U.S.'s promise to allow holders of paper dollars to turn them in for gold. Thus, the dollar devalued against gold and other currencies. That is when the U.S. and all countries went to a Type 3 fiat monetary system. Uh, and so that's that's a little history here, and I think he gets into where we're headed with this now. Let me uh, scroll, 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 scroll. This is a really long article, if you can't tell. He's, he's written a lot here. Um, okay, so he's talking about this next era here, and this is what he says. Quote, in brief, after the creation of a new set of rules establishes the new world order, there's typically a peaceful and prosperous period. As people get used to this, they increasingly bet on the prosperity continuing, and they increasingly borrow money to do that, which eventually leads to a bubble. As the prosperity increases, the wealth gap grows. Eventually, the debt bubble bursts, which leads to the printing of money and credit and increased internal conflict, which leads to some sort of wealth redistribution revolution that can be peaceful or violent. Typically at that time, late in the cycle, the leading empire that won the last economic and geopolitical war is less powerful relative to rival powers that uh, prospered during the prosperous period. And with the bad economic conditions and the disagreements between powers, there's typically some kind of war. Out of these debt, economic, domestic, and world order breakdowns that take the forms of revolutions and wars come new winners and losers. Then the winners get together to create a new domestic and world orders. So I think that's kind of what we're, it's a a good good description of, I think, what's happening here with the economic warfare and why gold is going up. You know, this is, uh, I think there's some, obviously, turmoil, U.S. and China being uh, one of the main ones we focus on. But uh, with the the arrival of something like Bitcoin, it it throws in another, oh, Bitcoin over 11,000. Uh, it throws in a whole nother wrench because Bitcoin itself is not a nation. You know, it, it, this is the first time we don't have like a national right, uh, there's no centralized authority. Right, right. So this makes the whole thing very interesting, something to keep in mind. But I think, um, yeah, the, the whole new new world order system on the blockchain and all this, uh, I think we do see a type of cleanup situation. I've been saying this for a while here the new new world order and what that's going to be. It's going to be a cleanup of the old system and all the corruption, and it's going to appear to be good for a while. And it probably will be good for a while, but uh, eventually that's going to go haywire too and go the wrong way. And um, that's kind of the warning, you know, it's like, Hey, uh, we might see some, some downfall of the central banks and everything. And that's why uh, we reported on the last episode that uh, all the U S banks now have uh, can custody Bitcoin and that's a huge deal. They have to get new licenses and all this kind of stuff, but it's a big deal for them to be able to do that. Visa, MasterCard getting involved, uh, PayPal getting involved. Everybody's starting to talk about Bitcoin and the crypto world because it brings a type of transparency that didn't exist before. And although that's good in the short term, uh, it can be very, very bad if, uh, if certain organizations, institutions, even countries are able to harness that and demand certain things out of the people. Uh, for example, you know, a microchip in the hand or biometrics or whatever it might be to, to access that stuff. Uh, none of that necessary at the moment, but 
that's kind of where things seem to be headed. Yeah, and you mix that with the coin shortage and uh, many establishments refusing to take cash, things like that. Uh, things are lining up quite uh, pretty interestingly recently. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, my personal goal with anything like Bitcoin or gold or silver, just uh, be able to get some land, you know, so I can there just get off the grid. It's the way to do it. Get off the grid. Get off the grid, folks. Uh, <laughs> it's inconvenient. It's <laughs> a lot of work. But it's, it's it, is, it is super hard to get off the grid, I, especially since, uh, you know, people who grew up in the city like I did. Man, yeah. it's like. Got some learning to do there, city boy. I know. I got to get some some books and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, jump over to this uh, next money, money, money article. One hundred billion dollars. I don't have any money. That's right. I'm over here at MSN.com. Article entitled "Coronavirus Relief Will Include Twelve Hundred Dollar Checks and Extension of Eviction Moratorium," says Goodlow. Um, the next round of coronavirus relief will include $1,200 stimulus checks and the Trump administration will lengthen the federal eviction moratorium. White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow said on Sunday, quote, there's a $1,200 check coming. That's going to be part of the new package, Kudlow said in an interview on CNN's State of the Union. Republicans have finalized the next relief bill worth about $1 trillion and will introduce it Monday. The legislation is set to provide temporary and reduced extension of unemployment benefits, another round of stimulus checks, liability protection for businesses, and funding to help schools restart. It will also include $16 billion in new funds for testing and tax incentives to encourage companies to rehire employees. Quote, the check is there, the reemployment bonus is there, the retention bonus is there, Kudlow said of the next relief legislation. There will be breaks, tax credits for small businesses and restaurants. It's a very well-rounded package, Kudlow said. It's a very well-targeted package. Interesting. Well-rounded and (laughs) well-targeted. Not sure how... Those things match up, but okay. Kudlow also said the administration plans to lengthen the federal eviction moratorium, which has protected millions of renters in the last four months from getting evicted. Cities across the U.S. have been bracing for a surge of evictions when the moratorium expired on Friday. Oh, I was unaware that it expired. That's interesting. The moratorium covered renters in building with mortgages backed by the government. Lawmakers and housing advocates have called for a nationwide eviction eviction ban, along with rent cancellations and other forms of housing relief. Cities across the U.S. had been bracing for a surge of evictions when the moratorium expired. The $600 weekly supplement to state unemployment checks that was imposed in March ended over the weekend. Democrats want to extend the aid, while Republicans are set to reduce the subsidy, arguing that extended aid is a distinctive, sorry, disincentive for unemployed Americans to find work. Kudlow said the administration's plan to cap unemployment benefits on approximately 70% wage replacement is quite generous by any standard. Last week, Republicans were considering extending the insurance benefit at a reduced level of $400 per month or $100 a week through the rest of the year. 
As negotiations continue, it's not yet clear when the potentially reduced unemployment supplement would go into effect. The U.S. unemployment rate has surged to above 10% because of the pandemic, which is still lower uh, unemployment than uh, much of the Obama presidency, strangely enough. With nearly 32 million Americans now receiving unemployment benefits, according to the Labor Department. Even as cases surge across the South and West, Kudlow remained optimistic about a U.S. economic recovery. The odds favor a big increase in job creation and a big reduction in unemployment, he said. So there you go. There's some more money coming your way, Gons. Hey, hey, hey. What happened to all the trillions? Didn't we, didn't we print six trillion? Have you oh, heard of we, uh, we spent it. We spent it already. I know. It's ridiculous. Have you heard of something called the Cantillion effect? Uh-uh. Do you know about the Cantillion effect? Okay, so it's uh it's an economic thing um based on uh Richard Cantillion and he basically came up with this idea that people that are closest to the creation of money benefit the most. And so when we talk about printing all these dollars, the people that benefit the most are the people that are closest to those who are uh, actually printing the money, you know, the Mnuchins and all that. Right. And the big yeah. corporations and, and they're getting the bailouts. And, and that's, we've seen that here. We've seen the trillions being printed. We've seen the, uh, the, 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 you know, the billionaires make more billions and unemployment go up. You know, it's just like, what? What are we doing here? What, what, what's the plan? Yeah, I know. It's just out it's of control. Crazy. Now, I do want to mention, uh, just because we had a couple of lingering questions from last episode, uh, K. Razy, one of our uh, Patreon supporters, uh, sorry, producers of the show, uh, sent us a message um, rev- da, 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 regarding the voluntary tax system that was brought up. So apparently, allegedly, we do have a uh, a voluntary tax um, system. Uh, it's just sort of secretly voluntary, and right. uh, you know they find all sorts of reasons to make it not voluntary. So that was one thing. And uh, they did point out I did get, <laughs> uh, I, I did get the math wrong on giving every man, woman, and child a thousand dollars for a week. And the cost of that over five years, I uh, I forgot a zero in one of the calculations, <laughs> so and it is significantly higher than I was mentioning so, on last episode. So okay. I stand corrected. All right, good. At least someone can do math out there. Yeah, apparently not us. Um, so there you go. A lot of money things uh, going on with the stimulus check and all that. But yes, the more they print, as simple supply demand here, the more money, the more dollars they print the less purchasing power each dollar has. And so this is something to kind of keep in mind, but things aren't getting more expensive. It's just the, the purchasing power of your dollar is becoming less and less and less. And that's why, you know, bar of candy or whatever was five cents, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago or whatever, maybe more. Right and now it's like three bucks. It's not well, that the candy bar is more expensive. It's directly related to the amount of money that they're printing, right? Which uh, does not come as a revelation to many people. No, um, but yeah, with now upwards over seven trillion new <laughs> dollars printed over the past six months, it's starting to get a little squirrely. Yeah, and and so to expect assets, you know, hard quote unquote hard assets uh, like your Bitcoin, like gold, like silver, expect it to go up and go crazy because mm-hmm. uh, you know. 
all that money is probably going to people that know what's going on. They're going to put all their money in those types of assets. And right. again, your dollar is not going to be able to purchase as much, but it's a store of value. So that's why we keep saying Bitcoin go to moon. <laughs> all right. Enough of that money stuff. Let's get into, uh, ooh, we have a crisper update. Ooh, there's here. a new, there's a new conspiracy guns. Oh really? What is uh, that in the chat? What's that? Cool Runnings Mon says Gons is not really Asian. Not really Asian. Hmm. Uh-oh. What what am I then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why you're hiding this from us, Gons. <laughs> but Should I take off my mask? <laughs> let me let me take off my my Asian mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know what I can do to All right. Okay. Well, you threw me off here. What am I doing? Oh, here we go. You gotta talk about CRISPR. CRISPR. That's right. This is a really long story on technologytimes.pk. CRISPR genome engineering potential sex determined cow Cosmo arrives. And uh, it says here, and we've been tracking the the CRISPR stuff here. And I think we reported on this project a while ago in one of our CRISPR cast nine updates. Uh, but here we are the, I think it's the animal geneticist. Wait, hold on. Did I skip something here? Uh, I guess I, I didn't know. The animal geneticist reminded herself that gene edited embryos, like the one that had been growing inside cow three, one, one, three for the past nine months can take a little longer to signal to their surrogate mothers that they're ready to be born. By the following week, two false alarms at the UC Davis beef barn later, with still no signs of impending labor, Van Einenam. Am I saying that night right? Ienenam. 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 Fraying nerves had had enough. She called the vet. It was time to induce. After nearly five years of research, at least half a million dollars, dozens of failed pregnancies, and countless scientific setbacks, Van Yeneman's pioneering attempt to create a line of crispered cattle tailored to the needs of the beef industry all came down to this one calf, who, as luck seemed sure to have it, was about to enter the world in the middle of a global pandemic. Ooh. Just, uh, by the way, for those of you not watching and just listening there's this giant coronavirus like overlay on this website it's <laughs> yeah. really annoying i can't like i can only read one paragraph at a time because this giant rona thing is uh, in the way here but anyway uh just weeks prior california's governor had ordered the entire state to stay home to avoid spreading a deadly new coronavirus that was following the discovery of the u.s's first case of community spread the patient was treated at the U.S. Davis Medical Center about 20 miles away from the beef barn. UC. Uh, what did I say? U.S. No. UC Davis Medical Center about 20 miles away from the beef barn. ICU beds in the Bay Area were filling up. Van Anemen was worried about what might happen if the delivery went south and they needed to do a C-section. Veterinarians were being asked to save their sedatives to help fill the growing demand for human COVID-19 patients on ventilators. And as if that wasn't ominous enough, the veterinary resident who arrived that day to oversee the birth had spent the morning putting down a number of sheep from the UC Davis herd that had been mangled by coyotes in the night. Quote, 
Given how this project has gone, this seriously couldn't have ended much differently, Van Inneman said, her Australian lilt tinged with uneasy sarcasm. It's like the three riders of the apocalypse are probably going to be right on his tail. Only not, three of them. Only three, yeah, not the fourth They're one. They're missing one. <laughs> That's not exactly what happened. The calf arrived that afternoon, 110 pounds and jet black, save for an ankle-grazing splash of white above his rear hooves. Two vets had to extract him from cow 3113 with chains, but when he was lowered Damn. onto the straw-covered barnyard, he was alive and breathing. Cosmo! Van Ianemen <laughs> would shout in triumph. Welcome to the world, little guy. The sky did not darken and the world did not end. But the black calf, while big and strong and healthy, wasn't exactly what the scientists had hoped to create. A close look at his DNA would expose just how unpredictable CRISPR gene editing can be and how much more scientists still need to learn before the technology can become routine practice for animal reproduction. Joey Owen had never really been an animal guy. He studied biochemistry and then cancer genetics before bouncing his way into Van Yeneman's livestock lab in 2014. It was a hopeful time for scientists like them. CRISPR genome engineering potential had been discovered just two years before. It opened up the possibility of creating designer domesticates without the need to port genes from one species into another. Older genetic engineering technologies relied on using viruses and bacteria to shuttle DNA around, triggering an expensive and lengthy approval process from U.S. regulators. As a result, American farmers and ranchers had to this point relied only on the plotting progress of selective breeding to improve the genes of their herds and flock. CRISPR promised to change that. Ooh. Van Eneman had her sights set on cattle and a gene called SRY, a long stretch on the Y chromosome that instructs mammalian embryos to develop male traits. In nature, there's an equal chance that cows, and people for that matter, give, uh, will give birth to male XY or female XX offspring. So unwoke. Yeah, super these, unwoke. Yeah, what about, the, what about, what about XZ, huh? These, these cows are hateful. <laughs> but if she could use CRISPR to add a copy of SRY onto the X chromosome of bovine embryos, then she could skew the odds in favor of producing an all-male herd. Any animals with the SRY gene would be physiologically male, even the ones that were genetically XX. That was the hypothesis she wanted to test anyhow. No one had ever done it before. In the beef industry, which likes its cattle bigger and meatier, more Ooh. males means more money means more better. Since male calves gain weight more efficiently than females, farmers could produce the same quantities of meat within fewer animals, potentially reducing the industry's planet-warming emissions. If Van Yenemans uh, could prove the concept, that might pave the way for creating other single-sex species. Mm. Single-sex species. All-female flocks of egg-laying chickens and herds of dairy cows. And ultimately, she felt a less cruel industrial food production system. Oh, yikes. Now, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> How is... <laughs> I, 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 I uh, commend her efforts here, but I'm trying to get the logic here of how... Well, she obviously hasn't seen uh, Jurassic Park, Gons. <laughs> Allegedly, all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park were female, 
and uh, they didn't breed any ma- they didn't well clone or create any males because they didn't want the dinosaurs breeding but because they edited the genes with frog DNA and amphibians can uh, switch genders depending on the needs of their uh, you know, their environment then the dinosaurs were able to switch genders and then uh, begin begin breeding and that's what's going to happen to these cows these cows are going to go the way of uh, of the dinosaurs and not in the way <laughs> that you're thinking um but you know what gone's life finds a way i know i know but uh can you imagine eating uh, cosmo the the covid cow uh all male breed no no female it's just weird man um I mean, this is a- <laughs> i don't know i'm not I'm not really aware of the differences in, in taste between the two sexes yeah, of cows. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm just saying it's just weird that they that her logic of like, oh, we, we're going to save, you know, we're, we're going to be humanitarian, you know, we're going to save the animals by just breeding all males. It's just, I don't well, know. Well, right. That's, is weird. you know, and if I, if, if one was to take the position of, uh, you know, a eco warrior type person, um, genetically modifying all cows to be the same sex is not necessarily less cruel. Right. Like what is the difference in cruelty? If you are, uh, you know, raising a boy cow in a box and then slaughtering them or raising a girl cow in a box and slaughtering them. I'm not sure what the, how this is less cruel. Yeah. And you know, this is a really long article, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I had this highlighted because you know how names Names are always interesting. A lady named Lisa Moses, of course, Moses, an animal bioethicist at Harvard Medical School, told the Wall Street Journal at the time of those reports, quote, it's really hubris of us to assume that we know what we're doing and that we can predict what kinds of bad things can happen. Yeah. And uh, she's she's seen Jurassic Park. She's seen Jurassic Park for sure. All Uh, four or five of four of them. Yeah. When are they going to figure out that that theme park is not a good idea? How many (laughs) children need to get eaten by velociraptors? I haven't watched the last uh, three. Jurassic (laughs) World. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to still make Jurassic Galaxy, Jurassic Universe. (laughs) When the the raptors evolved. Don't uh, worry, everybody. We figured it out. We're not going to put the dinosaurs on an island. We're going to put the dinosaurs on the moon. And, uh, but of course, life will find a way. The dinosaurs will figure out how to get back to Earth. Yeah. I think there was a story we didn't get to last week about how they're trying to, they talked about making nukes on or uh, nuclear plants on the moon and Mars or something. Nuclear reactors. Nuclear yeah. Reactors. Yeah. That's interesting. very interesting. They're, they're taking bids for many nuclear reactors that they can use to, uh, power, uh, you know, colonies on the moon and Mars. This is a fascinating article. Didn't quite fit into the show though. Yeah. We didn't get to it, but yeah, there you go. And I'm, I'm, there's more here, but I think you get the gist of it here. You have uh, Oh, uh, <laughs> I like this sentence here. It'll all be, Pure research. Cosmo's jellyfish genes made sure of that even before the plasmid turned up. Neither he nor his progeny will ever enter enter the food supply. Mm. The story is likely to end in a UC Davis incinerator. So oh, there you go. They're going to incinerate him? <laughs> what was the point? Why did I get so invested in this little baby cow? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, cook uh, him up. Yeah, the, 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 the whole thing was uh, for naught. Oh man. 
All right. Well, you know what'll cheer us up? What's that? Talking about riots. Oh, <laughs> riots. <laughs> cheer us up. The race wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. Okay, let's see here. I'm going to head over to thefederalist.com. So we're going to lean pretty far to the right on this article here. Uh, The article is titled, Fatalities and Injuries Climb as Riots Around the Nation Grow More Violent. Another fatal weekend struck the United States as protesters and riots Sorry, protests and riots around the country grow increasingly violent. Big cities such as Chicago, Seattle, Denver, Austin, and Portland all suffer from a weekend filled with chaos. In Chicago, over 54 people were shot in the last three days with at least two recorded deaths. Record violence has plagued the city since protests surrounding George Floyd's death and calls for defunding the police began in early June. In Seattle, rioters grew rowdier and began attacking buildings on Saturday, according to the Seattle Police Department. Uh, (laughs) Rioters set multiple buildings on fire and broke windows at King County Youth Service Center, Judge Patricia H. Clark Children and Family Justice Center Campus. Wow. They also attacked local businesses, including a Starbucks attached to an apartment complex and the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct. Uh, There was at least one major explosion that caused damage to the precinct building. Wow, that precinct building cannot catch a break, man. They just keep going after that East Precinct. Um, Then there's a a whole bunch of tweets there uh, showing the violence. I guess you can kind of scroll through there. Lots of graffiti, broken windows and fires and things like that. When police declared the gathering a riot, the crowd threw bottles and balloons filled with liquid and shot mortar fireworks and tossed explosives at officers, leaving 21 officers with injuries. 45 rioters were arrested. In Aurora, Colorado, a suburb of Denver, Authorities are investigating a shooting that injured two after a Jeep drove through a crowd of protesters where uh, there were no injuries from the Jeep, which the driver claims he drove through the area because, quote, he was scared and trying to get away. Sounds reasonable to me uh, from attacks on his vehicle by rioter rioters. But shots were f- still fired from the crowd. According to the Aurora Police Department, police are still investigating the shooting and the Jeep incident. In Austin, a similar incident unraveled when a group of protesters surrounded a car at a protest Saturday night. This time, however, the driver was the one who fatally shot protester Garrett Foster at the time. Foster was wielding an AK-47 rifle. Quote, Austin's police chief, Brian Manley, told reporters on Sunday that as the motorist turned, a crowd of protesters surrounded the vehicle and some struck the car, said the New York Times. Quote, minutes after the shooting, the driver called 911 and said he had been involved in a shooting and had driven away from the scene, Chief Manley said. The caller told dispatchers he had shot someone who had approached the driver's window and pointed a rifle at him. In the interview earlier in the evening, Foster explained that he brought his gun to exercise his open carry and Second Amendment rights. Quote, They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so I got to practice some of our rights, Foster said. If I use it against the cops, I'm dead. In Portland, gunfire, arson, stabbings, and other violence followed rioters as they made their way across the city. By Sunday, rioters had breached and surrounded the Marco Hatfield U.S. courthouse, causing the incident to be declared an official riot. I like that term, an official riot. 
You can't have a riot until it's official. Uh, according to the Associated Press, federal agents used tear gas, flashbangs, and pepper balls to ward off rioters early into Monday morning. As of Sunday, Portland police had arrested at least 26 people and alerted the public that they found Molotov cocktails as well as loaded rifle magazines. Ooh. Federal agents established a controversial presence in the area. Okay, they talk about uh, the federal agents there again. Uh, well, let's read through it. Let's see if there's anything new. Federal agents established a controversial presence in the area to help protect and defend federal buildings, as well as quell violence that many have said local and state officials have failed to do. President Trump criticized Portland Mayor, Mayor Ted Wheeler's handling of the situation on Thursday. Quote, he made a fool out of himself. He made a fool out of himself, Trump told Sean Hannity on Fox News. He wanted to be among the people, so he went into the crowd and they knocked the hell out of him. That was the end of him. Ooh, yikes. Uh, Oregon's U.S. Attorney Billy J. Williams called for the violent extremists to cease their writing and reinforce the idea of a federal presence in the area on Saturday. Quote, until that happens, we're going to do what we need to do to protect federal property, Williams said. When the <clears throat> when the violence ends, then there won't be a need for the presence of nightly federal officers. It seems quite simple. While the Department of Homeland Security and other agencies have acknowledged the presence of Antifa at the riots and are possibly instigating them, some Democrats are not taking the attack as seriously. Representative and Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee Jerry Nadler told one journalist that he thinks Antifa hosting the Portland riots is a myth. That's Yikes. a myth. That's being spread only in Washington, D.C. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, let me see. How I actually have a, uh, uh, a clip of that. Oh. Um, let me play it real quick because uh, this was uh, tweeted out. It's about a 39-second clip. Let me try to fit this in the, uh, our little browser here. Basically, on the top half of the video is the violence happening. And on the lower half is Nadler denying any kind of violence, so... It is true. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? There's that, that's, that, that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. <laughs> About Antifa in Portland? Video footage yes. of people... Sir, there's, there's videos everywhere online. There's fires and riots. Fires. They're throwing fireworks at uh, federal officers. DHS is there. Look online. It gets crazy, Mr. Nadler. <laughs> And there's a wow. So yeah, I mean, it's just a good side-by-side -side comparison of uh, some footage from the ground of what's going on in Portland, and then Nadler right. just saying it's a myth, and then walking yeah. off into his car, <laughs> just <laughs> waddling. Here. Yeah, gotta get out. I like gotta how the guy, here. the guy, his handler, you know, kind of like touches him, like, hey, hey, time, time to go, time to go, go, sir. Don't answer these questions. Get, get in the car. Sir. Despite Chairman Nadler's claims, the federal government is treating the riots in Portland as very real. In a statement released on Sunday, the Department of Homeland Security called the rioters violent anarchists and said many officers have been injured because of the rioters' assaults. The violent situation Portland has witnessed for the past blah, blah, blah. You know, we kind of know this. I don't think there's anything new. Um, in Portland, an Antifa member and convicted pedophile stabbed a black Trump supporter who goes by the name Black Rebel. According to the Post Millennial, Black Rebel claims Antifa members released his identity to an online community warning each other about him. 
Oh, interesting. When he noticed a group of people following him and his friends around Portland, Black Rebel finally confronted them, asking why they were targeting him. That's when David Hamp stabbed him. Black Rebel updated followers of his condition via his social media and Periscope live streams. Others also posted about the stabbing as well uh, as the response from the rioters. Uh, Who is the... Oh, Black Rebel is the Black Trump supporter. Right. Now, interesting. They they have an unnamed Antifa member and convicted pedophile. Interesting. Okay. Um, police are investigating another shooting, which claimed the life of Bernal Trammell, a fixture who ran a political and religious journal called Expressions in Milwaukee. He was also well known in the community for holding up signs expressing his religious and political beliefs, including his support for President Trump. Because of Trammell's outspoken nature, many are skeptical of his death that occurred in broad daylight and are publicly wondering if there is any connection to his political beliefs. Hmm. Okay, they don't give a lot of details about that, but uh, there you go. So lots of violence everywhere. It hasn't ceased. Uh, I'm surprised people aren't getting tired out there of, you know, it's it's hard work throwing rocks and bricks all day. Oh, yeah. Not all day, but certainly all night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good point. uh, There's another article here that I thought was very interesting from OregonLive.com. And it kind of gives us a little window into what it's like on the other side of the line here. Because, you know, we have all the people throwing rocks and, and all that. Inside the Portland protest zone, I don't think, uh, dink, I don't think there's an end in sight. And uh, there's a picture here of uh, a screen of like a bunch of cameras just out, out in the street. A little there's Skynet, this, uh, yeah, Skynet style. Uh, how many cameras is it? The 18 images from the streets. And uh, the caption here says a U.S. Marshals Service incident management team sat around a conference room table two flights up from the lobby at the Mark O. Hatfield United States Courthouse in downtown Portland. Each officer focused on a small black laptop, handheld radios and large screens at either end uh, monitoring what's going on. You know, just kind mm-hmm. of a uh, just to, just just so you know that they're watching. They're not just yeah. in there like cowering, you know, what yeah. are you going to do with all these protesters? Any, uh... I don't see any facial recognition boxes on those images, though. Yeah, not yet. Federal officers wearing camouflage fatigue sat in, in the dark, shoulder to shoulder. No social distancing. Uh, lining the marble <laughs> yeah, lobby. What the heck? Yeah, lining this the marble guy's not lobby. Not wearing a mask. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's a uh, uh, there's uh, there's no social distancing from the the rioters either. But anyway, yeah, lining the marble lobby of the Marco Hatfield U.S courthouse where lawyers toting briefcases have typically crossed the gleaming floor officers now waited with rifles and launchers slug across their shoulders holding shields and outfitted in helmets and gas masks above a constant whir of large floor fans they talked munitions tactics and casualties demonstrators outside could be heard chanting go home feds as some repeatedly shook the embassy style fence out front Teams of officers from the Federal Protective Service, U.S. Marshals uh, Special Operations Group, and the Border Patrol Tactical Unit waited for their call-up. Line up and head out, a supervising officer directed one Federal Protective Service team late Saturday night. The team proceeded through two front doors to uh, to a barrage of objects being thrown their way. The view from inside the landmark federal courthouse in downtown Portland 
named for a pacifist U.S. senator from Oregon, is nothing short of surreal. The mood of demonstrators shifted almost on cue from peaceful moms and veterans chanting outside the fence to vandals bent on bringing it down. The Oregonian Oregon Live was allowed into the courthouse to see the perspective from the lobby. The scene outside, uh, sorry, the scene inside was businesslike, grim, resigned. Federal agents said they are weary of the nightly protests focused on the courthouse since early July. Quote, we're not getting anywhere, said the seven, said a seven-year deputy marshal. Quote, if they just stayed off the fence and weren't being aggressive towards us, we'd just be inside twiddling our thumbs. I don't think there's an end in sight. They don't want to stop, but we can't leave this building until they leave us alone. The give has to give on the outside of the fence. End quote. As the night wore on, every so often loud booms rang from the commercial fireworks launched by protesters, the concussion thundering through the high ceiling lobby. The cavernous interior remained dark, except for bright green laser beams bouncing off the walls as protesters aimed them from the outside. And we'll have a, we got a little video footage of that too. Uh, when the federal officers opened the front doors, everything from small rubber bouncy balls to apples and ball bearings were chucked in. Some officers huddled around a bank of security screens in the entry just behind the front doors to keep watch on what was going down in front, back and on the sides of the 16-story building. Two flights up, the U.S. Marshal Service Incident Management team sat around a conference room table. Each man focused on his small black laptop, handheld radios at the ready, large screens at either end looking up frequently to check live footage streaming not only from the protest just outside their doors, but others in Oakland, L.A., and Seattle. The team is largely a coordinated uh, coordination unit, making sure officers are properly supplied. Deputies volunteer to be on the group, which has done security in the past for federal emergency management shelters and responded to hurricanes. Suddenly, their radios cracked. Be advised, they have eyes on the gate. They're preparing for something. Good evening, Captain Obvious, another deputy said to those gathered in the room, drawing chuckles. Another officer urged the others to cut some slack to the guy on the radio. He's now he's new to the drill, having just arrived from out of town. Lights remained out in courthouse rooms beside windows on the upper floors to avoid drawing attention from people outside. And uh, it just it just goes on here. It describes you know sort of what what they dealt with and all the chaos happening outside. And um, you know. It's it's just interesting to hear from from the other side here uh, a perspective, I guess, of what it's like to be inside the building, not just you know what's happening with the gate and all that. Uh, at two yeah, thirty seven, interesting another perspective. Yeah, two thirty seven a.m. About a hundred people had returned outside. Some dancing, some chanting "Black Lives Matter." One played the cheer charge on a trumpet. Uh, the federal officers needed to wait them out. One deputy marshal joked that most people until now didn't have a clue who they are or what they do. And that when he says he works for the marshal service, some uh, people sometimes looked at him and asked uh, marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 13 year deputy marshal who is based in Portland said he believes the message of the police reform and black lives matter movement is getting lost with the attention on the vandalism and rioting downtown. Yeah, no uh, and kidding. it goes on here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, these people are trying to protect federal property. But, uh, of course, you know, what you get on the headlines is like, yeah, Trump, Trump going after, going after the, the, the government, leave us alone. 
I think the UN even told Trump to step down before he commits uh, humanitarian <laughs> violations or something. It's like, come on now. You just want to unleash the UN army. The, the, the men <laughs> well, in blue. they've been looking for a reason for that for decades. So. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out here, I think you're on it, Basil, but there's uh, something that went viral, a picture okay, okay. that went viral. Okay. Oh, you <laughs> Sorry, okay there? This cat is attacking the situation yeah, here. Yeah, I know. The cats really like the... Uh, hey, cat! <laughs> trying to do a show. Um, the, the, I saw this tweet get shared all over the place, or at least this image here. Uh, it's of a, of a military guy with a mask that's... Um, a pretty scary looking mask, kind of like a, I don't know how do you explain it? Like a Jason mask kind of, but it covers the whole face, the eyes, the neck, the whole deal. And you know, the, the sentiment coming from the left, a lot of times that was shared here, Trump's America, Putin told them to do this to dominate. And you yeah. had like all no, these well, people. And the big thing was this was shared from a blue check Mark. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, there was tons of people this? sharing this. I saw a whole bunch Sheree. of people. Sheree Jacobus Jacobus yeah Jacobus Biden 2020 fighting Trump and coronavirus for as long as it takes hashtag never Trump independent pundit writer executive producer America reads the Mueller report huh. um, yeah and so they shared this image of a, kind of a futuristic armored police officer um, which was shared quite a bit you know claiming that this was this was the uh the future in Trump's America. I, no, I don't even think they were saying future. I think they were like, I saw a lot of people, a lot of blue checkers sharing this saying like, this is what it's come to. You know, this they is Trump's trolled. military fed, whatever, you know, this is, this is the totalitarianism that is unleashed by Trump and all this I'm kind sure. of stuff. This is out of control in the, in the Twitterverse. Uh, but of course, not a real picture debunked. Yeah. It's from uh, a video game designer. Video game designer from August of 2016. Mike yeah. uh, Nash, I think. Yeah, Mike and, Nash. Uh, or is it Mike Nash? Mike A. Yeah. Nash. Uh, on ZBrushCentral.com posted this August 16th. Hey, everyone. Thought I'd post this up here. Shows what's possible in ZBrush. It's all Dynamesh. Ex I think he meant except the cord and pistol. And uh, yeah. yeah, so this was a, a CGI design that he did um, and he shows all of his steps and his work and his many iterations of the project. And yeah, he how could he have known that four years later, blue check marks <laughs> would have taken his video game police officer design and claimed that it was Trump's America? It's just... <laughs> I, I, it's just really funny. Uh, it's kind of sad. I, I, the thing is though, you got to keep in mind this type of thing, uh, happens all the time to the, the right wing conspiracy circles too. So yeah, know, so it's not right. just the whole left liberal type that are, uh, it's just human nature. You know, you're, you're, when you're already primed to react to something and then somebody shares something novel that uh, backs up that bias, you don't even take one second to do a reverse uh, image Google Google search that would have answered all your questions. Yeah, you know, but you don't get any of the uh, the social justice points if you if you you know do that. Yeah, 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 and th that's the thing. It's it's just so wild how the it, and not even saying this as like we're not we're not here as like super Trump supporters, but it's just crazy how 
like the the hate for Trump is just out of control. And you know, there's other people yeah, talking no, we'll, about that. We'll but, make fun of whoever deserves it at the time. Right. Sometimes for sure. it's Trump. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And uh, there's another tweet here. This this got a lot of play as well. <laughs> ABC News tweeted this out: Protesters in California set fire to a courthouse, damaged a police station, and assaulted officers. After a peaceful demonstration intensified. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and uh, yeah, people pointing out that if peaceful demonstrations intensifies, that would mean that the peace got more intense. Not, not <laughs> that, not that, you know, courthouses yeah. got set on fire and yes. police An stations exploded. Peaceful demonstration is a more peaceful demonstration. <laughs> So you got some double speak, some double Super think double going speak. on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually thought it was, uh, I found the jingle that we used to play here that uh, alludes to this. Where, where did I put it? Man, I, I'm losing my spot. Ah, here it is. Mind control intensifies. Mind bleep control. Bleep. Is, it intensifies. It's all peaceful. All peaceful. <laughs> That's a campfire, not a burning courthouse. What are you talking about? Break out your marshmallows. It's a myth. <laughs> uh, we, we talked about the Jerry Nadler myth thing. And then, uh, oh, the other thing that I wanted to point out, uh, just from all these riot things happening here, um, you know, when, when we were reporting on Hong Kong, oops, I think I deleted it here. When we were reporting on Hong Kong and the riots there last year, we were talking about how a lot of the the Hong Kong citizens were using lasers and shooting them towards, uh, you know, the police officers, the CCP there from right. China in Hong Kong. And they're using the same tactic, uh, out here now. And, uh, there are reports of, uh, you know, law enforcement officers getting like eye damage and stuff, uh, because the, the, they're, you know, they're using some really high powered lasers, and pointing him directly into the eyes of the police officers, right. and and yeah. the same it's effect is also taking place. effective against drones and uh, other image-based computing. But yeah, not very, not very cool to shine that in people's eyes. Don't these people have mothers that told them not <laughs> to shine lasers in their eyes? Yes, they did. But also, uh, I saw somebody say like, like, oh, I've been trying to tell people about the lasers. This is how they did it in Hong Kong. And I was like, do you know what happened in Hong Kong? Do you not know what resulted from that? Like, still people not are quite just working so, out for them. No, over in Hong but Kong, still, yeah. it's just, people are just, uh, okay. Uh, but of course we have to, we have to end this little segment on a, a little motherly update. Mother, That's right. There is no other like mother. So treat her right. Treat her right. Come on. Come on, Newsweek.com. Portland mom says she w- says she was struck <laughs> in the face during a protest. National news here, folks. Portland mom says she was struck in the face while protesting in the Wall of Moms group at the weekend. So we've been following the Wall of Moms getting involved there over in Portland. People have been asking, what would your mother think with you out there rioting? And these moms are here to answer that question. Kristen Jesse Uenick. Ooh, that Uenic is kind of brings up the same uh, spelling uh, and pronunciation issues we've been trying to figure out with the Uyghurs. Oh, yeah. Uyanic. Uyghurs or Uyghurs. Uh, yeah. Kristen Jesse Uenic detailed 
What she says happened in a post on Facebook, but she prefaced it by saying that Black Lives Matter, quote, should remain at the center of every conversation about police brutality and the deployment of federal forces to Portland. Jesse Uenick, 41, said she joined the Wall of Moms for a march on Saturday that ended at the Multnomah County Justice Center in downtown Portland. The Wall of Moms started as a small group of mothers, many dressed in yellow, shielding protesters from federal agents in Portland, but quickly became a much larger presence at demonstration that has also since spread to other cities. In recent days, federal agents have repeatedly clashed with crowds outside of a pet federal courthouse they have been stationed in, firing tear gas and impact we- weapons to disperse crowds. Impact weapons. <laughs> what what weapon is not an impact weapon? Uh, moms. Maybe some like uh, a line of moms. Oh, oh, you trust me. A lot of those moms are legally considered impact weapons. Uh, true, actually. <laughs> Quote, <Right. laughs> a, and the flip-flops on their feet, too. Quote, as a 41-year-old white woman with immense privilege, immense, immense privilege, and privilege. a mother of three young children, I was inspired to use not only my voice, but also my body to defend our First Amendment right to protest and send a clear message that black lives are worth fighting for. Jesse Uenick wrote alongside a picture of herself at the protest and other uh, and another of her head injury at around 10:50 p.m. on Saturday she said she had pulled out her phone and took pictures of the federal agents standing opposite her quote I put my phone back in my pocket pulled my safety goggles down from where they sat on my helmet to cover my eyes inserted a pair of earplugs and locked arms with the women next to me she wrote I remember some confetti had been launched on the far right side of us i could <laughs> on the far right the far right they're shooting confetti um as i could hear a marching band playing in the intersection to our left <laughs> confetti and marching band right sounds awesome <laughs> is there cake too i didn't notice anything in particular happening around me and uh or in front of me at these moments i was looking around looking forward and taking it in just before 11 p.m i heard boom and felt something hit my face. Oh, no. It wasn't immediately clear what struck Jesse Uenick. Quote, I fell backwards into the other moms who must have caught me because I don't remember hitting the ground, she added. Jesse Uenick recalled being picked up by someone who carried her through the crowd, yelling at others to get out of the way. Quote, I never saw this person because there was blood gushing down my face, but I am forever grateful for them for swiftly and selflessly carrying me to safety, she added. I was laid down on the back of a medic vehicle and a number of kind brave and caring medical professionals helped me she recalls then being transported to a second vehicle on a gurney through a sea of tear gas after they stopped the bleeding they called an ambulance and transported me to a second vehicle on a gurney through a sea of tear gas wow they said again she wrote uh, i covered my face and listened as medics and protesters yelled make way to carry me through but the ambulance she was waiting for never arrived she said so the driver of the medic vehicle offered to take her to the hospital i wonder why that ambulance didn't arrive could it have been some protesters on the freeway uh continuing i am in awe of the care and compassion shown to me by these volunteer medics and protesters alike i felt safe in their presence she added at the hospital a cat scan showed no brain damage or injury to her skull but did reveal a foreign substance in her forehead 
And in one of her eyes, Jesse Uenick added, she says she ended up receiving seven stitches, some pain medication, and advice to follow up with an eye doctor before being released from the hospital. Jesse Uenick ended her post by urging people to find ways to support Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there we go. Uh, we, yeah, we'll finish it out here. I'm lucky to be surrounded by family, friends, neighbors. Um, dup, dup, dup. Nope, just ends with a bunch of feel-good stuff. But there you go. Mom's, uh, mom's taking the hits. Yeah. Uh, Lynette SR in the YouTube chat said, Too many people want their moment of viral fame at these protests. They go hoping for something, quote-unquote, to happen. And uh, I, I'm, is it worth it? Are black lives go. safer because she got struck in the face with a something? Something happened. And do we even know it was from the police units? Or we, was it just somebody that was just there? Well, I mean, I, did, <laughs> I personally don't have any reason to doubt that she got shot in the face. Oh, I, don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt bullet, it. I'm just saying, but. I'm saying, you know, the, number one, do we know that this was like the Fed shooting a rubber bullet or something? And number two, are black lives safer now? That she got hit in the face. Yep. The answer is yes. The answer to is yes. Oh, okay. I'm Didn't sorry. you read? Aren't you a good citizen? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, this. I am a good comrade. Yes. We. Oh, look at this. This is interesting. We're getting auto mods. So there's an auto mod that we can't control on the Twitch channel. Uh-oh. Held a message for reason hostility. Oh, boy. And it the hostility was... The term white privilege. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Chat hostility. is going through a whole scientific method of seeing what, uh, you know, what spelling and syntax of white privilege gets blocked by the mods. That's interesting. White, the, the words white privilege are being held back for hostility reasons. I'm just oh. going to go ahead and allow that there. Oh, now everyone's going to start <laughs> posting that in the chat <laughs> and the mods are going to yeah, well, get that's angry. Okay. They're just calling me out for my white privilege and calling you out gons for, my, for, for my, your white privilege. I know my, my, my golden privilege. Yeah. I'm sunbaked oh, gold. Now chat is uh, extending their scientific method to oh, see no. what, other, what other things. Oh, okay. No. Change crazy. the subject. Quick, Gons. Quick, we must go to a break. It's break time. Come on, take a break. Come on, take a break, everybody. We're just going to take a quick break. But uh, don't go anywhere because we got much more show after the break here. Um, I'm bringing back a story that we couldn't fit into a uh, a a uh, show last week involving uh, welfare workers claiming to be professional kidnappers. We got some uh, HWO VR news, some COVID news, some beast system, and what we've all been waiting for um, some uh, some Nephilim update. We're gonna get the Nephilim update here, but first we want to thank uh, a bunch of people. We want to thank new producers we want to thank new twitch followers all sorts of great stuff we really have one of the greatest communities i think that i've uh, encountered on the internet and it's because you know we people people uh wolf it's for many reasons one we're a safe space gons we're safe, <laughs> we're safe space. i like how you're trying to appease the the twitch mods by using some 
some language. Yes, I'm to, using the coded language yeah. so that we can raise and rise in the ranks of uh, Twitch because that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I want to thank some of our Twitch followers here. Uh, f- I like to thank the Twitch followers because Twitch, uh, out of all the outlets that we can live stream on Twitch, although it does block uh, the term white privilege in the chat, is uh, has been the kindest to us um, online here. More Twitch notifications go out to followers uh we rarely if ever get uh content taken down demonetized uh, streams uh, cut off right in the middle which all those things happen habitually over on youtube so I recommend, even if you are a a YouTube fan, to uh, at least follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Follow us there and turn on notifications and give it a try. Give a try watching over on Twitch. Um, And Twitch has a lot of uh, cool tools. The emojis are better. The chat's better. It's where all the cool kids are. And uh, it also helps us out, helps us support ourselves over there. But I want to thank some new Twitch followers. Gons, are you ready to ding away? My finger is ready to ding. Okay, here we go. We're starting out with uh, SBoss88. Fluxgree. Alpro02. Neck with a three instead of an E. Ooh. Very good. Yeah. Don't. Oh my gosh. This one's good. Don't diddle the DNA. That's right. <laughs> Oh, who we got? Gazzle, Gazzle Bonds Crisper Chimera. Ooh. Ooh. These are great. That's great like, uh, that's scary. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, no, see, <laughs> this is good. We had the, the cow story, the cow crisper DNA story. And I think it just happens to be that uh, these people made a crisper DNA related usernames. That's why I love Twitch, you know, people, because, you know, you've made your YouTube account, you've had your Google account, you have your Facebook account. You did that all in, in the before four times. But now that you're a canary, you're a canary cry canarian, you're a canary cry commando, uh, following us on Twitch a Allows you to upgrade your username to a, you know, a more effective username. Like yep. don't diddle the DNA and Gazel Bond's CRISPR Chimera. Next, we have uh, Lisa's Wondering. Hmm, Lisa's Wondering. Thank you. Don't Flippy wonder anymore. T- <laughs> this one has so many levels. Uh, I want to thank Flippy the Tambourine Hand. Ooh. <laughs> that's a, a long time listener must be uh, yeah. they finally made the switch flippy obviously is the our, our beloved disembodied robot arm and tambourine hand as a reference to gonzo the tambourine man a joke i don't think we've really explained for a couple years so thank you flippy the tambourine hand next is darbs barbs 88 then we have Internet Prize. Thank you, Internet Prize. Did we we've win? got <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, we've got RS Valentine one. We got Manic Annika's Chalupa. Ooh, Chalupas. Yes, Legless Hydra. Ooh. Yeah, Eden's Alchemy. Ooh. Ooh. That's some SO occulteric. Yes. Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh, Yahweh is salvation. Thank you. Shadow Wolf Pizza. Uh oh. Uh, uh. Isa 535. 
wonder if that's Issa, the, uh, the end times mama. Uh, Amy Goody, six. Uh, ill we ran one. Wow, we've got a lot of followers here. Okay, hold on. We're almost to the. We're all. We're all got just a couple more. Hizzle Mushnick. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm afraid I may have offended somebody, but uh, Hizzle Mushnick, thanks for the follow. Uh, and that is it. Yes, that, that is all of them. Thank you so much. We actually just hit uh, 1,800 followers over on Twitch, which we're very happy about. Thank you very much. Now, uh, to hit our goals, we do need more of those people to watch live on Twitch, but you all know that. So if you have a Twitch account, please consider watching over at uh, twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Now, Gons, we're just doing one break this show, correct? That's Yes, that's correct. correct. Yep. Okay. All right. So uh, I think we should uh, thank some uh, producers. And for those who don't know, you know, we used to ask for donations, just like, uh, you know, all the other podcasts trying to make their way in this world. But we quickly realized that this is the real world and people who help pay for the creation of media content. They're not just donors. They are producers. So uh, over here on patreon.com slash CCNT, which is just one of the great ways you can help uh, support the show and become a producer. Um, ooh, and we had one come in during the show, so they get to make it on the list. Gons, are you ready to thank these new producers? Yes. Very exciting. Okay. The the newest member of the producer family is Falcor's mom. Ooh. Thank you, Falcor's mom. Yeah, Sounds intense. Cool. Yeah, Falcor's mom helps produce the show. Uh, then we got Mikey Sam. Thank you, Mikey Sam. Thank you, Mikey Sam. And then also a big old thank you to Christine. Thank you, Christine. Thanks, Christine. Yeah, those are all the producers that came in over the weekend. Uh, the, you can join them at patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Um, there's all sorts of fun stuff. We got bonus episodes over there on the Patreon. We got uh, merch and cool stuff. Wait, I don't know if the merch is on there yet. Oops, I may have just given away a secret. Moving on. Um, over on the patreon.com slash canary cry radio we have oh we had another one coming today this is great uh carl thank you very much carl that's anime carl producer carl um we also have nope that is it thank you very much carl anime carl yep anime carl oh that's fun. Thanks, yeah. Anime Carl. So there you go. Those are uh, some of the new producers that came in on Patreon over the weekend there. Remember, patreon.com slash CCNT is a great way to support the show and uh, become a producer. Now, if you don't like Patreon, there was, you know, we had some Patreon trouble a while back. Um, but if you are not a fan of Patreon, but you still want to support the show, you can head to canarycryradio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. It's a cool place to hang out. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. We've got other options over there. PayPal specifically. We've got, uh, you can make a subscription amount uh, through PayPal. Or if commitment's not your thing, you can just make a one-time donation as well as cryptocurrency, uh, stuff like that. So, Guns, did we have anybody else uh, come through 
PayPal this yes, weekend. Yes, we actually had some uh, big time producers come in and step up oh, this week. So thank you. We appreciate it. We, first, we had William. William. Thank you very much, William. Producer William. And uh, matching producer William is uh, producer Arnold. Arnold. William and Arnold. Was it William Steele? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Mm, Could be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Jewel Thief. Yeah. Uh, mm. We also had Spears Desert come in. Uh-oh. You, you, uh, you disappeared. I lost you for a second. What oh. was that name you said? Spears Desert. Oh, Spears Desert. Thank you yeah. very much, Spears Desert. And we got one. Uh, I had to translate the name because it, was, it came in in Russian. So oh. uh, that, that's our Russian collusion right there. Ooh, Valerie. Our, our Russian handler, Valerie. Our Russian handler, Valerie. Thank you for your support yeah. and producership. And so, yeah, thank you for all four coming in. Big time. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you guys uh, for supporting the show. And, you know, just if you haven't heard me say it before, you know, we uh, we like to encourage people to help so, uh, produce the show. Like I said, it's the real world. We're not just taking your money uh, for charity. We, we uh, have stayed consistent and we like to think we do a good job. And it's only because of the help of our producers. We couldn't do it without them. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't believe in advertising. Um, I was happy to say that some people, uh, they realized what I was talking about last, last, uh, episode. Apparently I did a good job of explaining how advertising really is one of the biggest problems with, uh, media creation in the world today. It's, uh, why we have so much fake news. It's why, uh, we have clickbait. It's why we have content creators who, uh, stay in an alarmed, um, uh, position they they uh, what is the word i'm a sensationalism uh you know the clickbait headlines the uh, all that kind of stuff it's because the desire to get as many eyeballs and attention and uh activity around the stuff you make and it's really uh part of the reason why the world has been Put into such a frenetic, confusing state is because when uh, you rely on advertisers to support yourself and, and you know, create a piece of media, uh, you have to stay. You have to do what's called brand safe. You're not allowed to say a lot of the things you want to say. We certainly couldn't do the show in its current form if we had to rely on advertisers. Uh, and, you know, it, it, there's there's a temptation there for a lot of people to, uh, you know, to tailor your message and your content to keep advertisers happy, which, as we see, is not the best thing for the people. And that's not to mention that, uh, you know, you, you give us your attention, you uh, lend us your eyeballs, and it, for us to turn around and to turn you into a product to commoditize your trust and attention and sell it to a corporation just doesn't feel right to us. And yeah. so we, it's part we, of our uh, rebellious nature against yes. the system of this world uh, to work on the system that we do the value for value model. Right. And if we, if we actually had advertisers or we had, you know, people that uh, we sold the attention to the advertisers, we couldn't have titles of episodes like, Civil chaos, crypto, CRISPR, cow, and just run with it. They would be like, uh, <laughs> listen, I don't think this title is going to work with our product of hand soap. 
It's really going to damage the reputation of our of our uh, hand soap. So you got right. to have to change that title. And we don't right. have to deal with any of that stuff. Uh, you know, if we, I, I don't know how many people listening have dealt with the corporate media environment. I know you have Basil. I mean, I've I've dabbled. I've I've come across it before, mm-hmm. and I just know that it's not it's not fun. There's a lot of legislation, a lot of people power tripping, and and a lot of money that gets involved in people's opinions and political right. correctness and, and all kinds of stuff. And we just we can just avoid all of it, and we just say whatever yeah. we want. And uh, of right. course, we'll get demonetized by YouTube. But hey, well, it's okay because you guys support. I've us. mentioned it on past episodes, but just because we have new people, I'll, I'll say it again. I don't mean to repeat myself too much, although I can't help it sometimes. But Gons, over the years, we've gotten, uh, uh, we've we've been uh, solicited quite a few times from some actually some fairly big advertisers um and i think it's because i mean i think the main thing is that uh, you know these big organizations they just kind of you know if they, you, if, they, <laughs> if you have the numbers they'll open the conversation right, right, right. and we have had to turn down well not had to but we've chosen to turn down all those uh, opportunities because well, one reason or another, it wouldn't have been right for the show. Wouldn't have been right for us. Yeah, um, man, so, we really should have taken that. Uh, that uh, <laughs> the the big one. The, yeah, the big one. The, the, the big, big one. one that we we turned down because we yeah. just didn't feel right about it. Could have had the big one, man. I know, but that's okay. Instead, we get to sleep at night. We get to keep our souls, and uh, we get to feel the the warm and fuzzy joy that comes from people deciding that they value this show. They they value uh, you know the content within the show. They value the the free nature of what we do, and they want to support it and become join the ranks of producers. Like I said, not just donors yep. you're part of the the actual system it couldn't it couldn't uh, couldn't exist without you okay yep. we're running on. short on time so we got to zoom through this real quick but we Let's did get a jingle that's uh, another okay. way to support the show you can send us jingles relevant jingles we got one from tim and uh, tim sent one in that's going to be our theme uh jingle for the world health organization <laughs> fantastic <laughs> i like it short Perfect. snappy Yes, it's perfect. Uh, it's, uh, it's, we're going to use that. Jefferson33 in the chat uh, was uh, was wondering uh, what our big advertiser may have been and suggested the KY Jelly contract. It was not the KY Jelly no. contract, Jefferson33. No. Um, yeah, well, thank you very much. Who was it who created that jingle? That was Tim who created the jingle. Tim. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, we needed a jingle for the HWO. That's great. Now, another way to become a producer is uh, we like to show art on the show. Uh, show specific art, show inspired art. We've got some great artists. Uh, the art shows up on our Facebook feed and it'll be in uh, newsletters and things like that. And, uh, you know, we've got some very talented people who will listen to the show live and create art as we do the show. And that's great. One of the uh, the very prolific artists we've had lately is Gazel and Bonds on the Twitch chat, uh, a young listener named Allie. And uh, she's got a couple. We've got a couple more pieces from her today. What do we got, Guns? We have the face like the sun. It's the lion. Very, Ooh, very nice. It's like, I like a, that. It's like very a logo, nice. but hand drawn. Yeah, and, she's uh, very talented. Very talented. Uh, I like it. I like it. It's yeah. powerful. And also, we got one more here. This is a, a, a little disagreement, is what it's <laughs> titled. And I think it goes back to our uh, 
<laughs> the episode where we we argued, right? I guess I yelled at you or whatever. Well, this one, <laughs> there was uh, some great art regarding your your uh, temper tantrum there. Um, but this one is specifically, Ali has done a great job of putting a series of pieces together that are centered around my cats. And this is another one called Little Disagreement. And it's Monty isn't going to wear a headset ever. Not if you want the script for the show. And of course, <laughs> the, the folklore being created that Allie is so so expertly crafting is that the whole show is scripted by uh, by a number of cats that yes. control the show. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Uh, also, um, one way you can support the show and curtail the advertisement or at least get paid for your advertisement is the Brave Browser. I'll just leave it. I'll drop a link in the uh, in the chat there if you guys want to try it. It's yes. brave.com slash FAC 922. I don't know why that's the extension there, but there you go. You can check it out and earn some bat token for browsing the internet. And uh, I think you had, um, did you have a couple uh, reviews that you wanted to read from the I did. Podcast? And real quick, just, just for the transparency, Gonzo, Brave yeah. Browser is a cool browser, privacy centric, and uh, helps you commoditize your own attention. Uh, yes. So you get paid in cryptocurrency just for surfing the web. And the link you dropped in there, and it'll be in the show notes, is an affiliate link for Gonz, yeah. um, or, part of yeah, his... Yeah. Part of his, uh, right. his funding structure for his life. So if you want to help out Gons and also uh, f- learn about a new way to interact with the internet, check out Brave uh, Gons's Brave browser affiliate link that will be in the show notes and is in the chat. Yep. Um, and yes, okay, I finally did it. Now, uh, the reviews on Apple, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, and uh, other places are very important. It's one of those things, the very few things that are completely out of our control in regard to uh, this show, Gons, is uh, one of the best ways that new people learn about the show is the algorithms share the show with them. Um, and those algorithms are only... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're only influenced by ratings and reviews. So you, the listener, can d- play a very important role in uh, helping the algorithms share the show by leaving ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I've been saying I'm going to read a couple for a few episodes now. And here are a couple. This one is from Godspeed to Finch, uh, another great producer and artist of the show. And they leave a five-star review that says world news from a more logical stance. I like that. I like being called logical. I don't get it very often, but I appreciate it. Funny, clear-headed observations of the world news seen through a biblical lens. Checkity check, check it homes. That's right. Thank you very much. Godspeed yeah, to Finch. God speed very to effective. Finch. That's what I'm talking about. We need more of those reviews and the robots will learn that they need to share this show with everybody. And uh, there you go. Funny, clear headed observations of the world through a biblical lens. I think that's a very well put uh, observation about the show. Um, Next was favorite podcasters. Great podcast. My go to for Christian fringe type stuff. And that's great. I love being a go-to. Thank you very much. And that was from JRob22 over on Apple Podcasts. You're the one. You're the one for me. <laughs> You're the one. Thank you for the kind words. You're disappointing people in chat. I am disappointing people in chat? You are. 
by calling am. by calling this one person the one for you. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Okay, what's next, Gons? <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to zoom through some stuff to get out. I got to get out of here. So uh, we're okay. gonna end the break, and we will get on with some of the stories we had here. Yes, wake up! It's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up! This is a story I wanted to bring a couple episodes ago, but uh, just didn't fit. But NewYorkPost.com, the title is Arizona Child Welfare Workers Fired for Wearing, quote, Professional Kidnapper Shirts. Yikes. Uh, the article yeah. is uh, reads multiple employees of the Arizona Department of Child Safety lost their jobs for wearing T-shirts that read professional kidnapper, according to a report. <laughs> My goodness. The bright pink shirts that were apparently worn during work hours ah, led to the firing of several staffers last month. The Arizona Republic reports citing multiple sources in the agency's Prescott field office and a former unit supervisor. The back of the shirts according to photos obtained by the newspaper read do you know where your children are <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh this is horrible one former employee confirmed she was terminated for the shirt but refused to elaborate or identify herself no kidding her firing and that of her other staffers in prescott left the field office understaffed you know that's the that's really inconvenient when uh, so much of your staff claim to be uh, child kidnappers and then have to be fired it really is a staffing issue afterwards Pur- uh, purportedly with just one investigator uh, to look into complaints of child abuse and neglect, according to the report. The shirts were a misguided attempt to make light of critics who blast DCS workers who remove children from their families. Some who have been accused, uh, who have, um, sorry, hold on. The shirts were a misguided attempt to make light of critics who blast DCS workers who remove children from their families. Some who have been accused who even accused them of being kidnappers, the Arizona Republic reports. Christina Sanders, a former DCS unit supervisor, said she saw a photo of the investigators posing in the T-shirts and contacted the agency's director, claiming it showed some of her former co-workers. In one photo, ooh, snitch. The snitch got him. In one photo that appeared to be taken in a parking lot outside the Prescott office, several staffers posed to show both sides of the shirt while one employee wore her work ID badge, according to the report. Quote, they think they're so untouchable. They don't think they can get caught, Sanders told the newspaper. Weird. Claire Luge, executive director of Prevent Child Abuse Arizona, said the message on the shirt, quote, really illuminates that people in the system are biased against parents in some instances. A message seeking comment from the agency early Wednesday was not immediately returned, but a spokesperson declined to comment late Monday. The Arizona Republic reports, quote, the department does not comment on personal matters. Pretty sure this is bigger than a personal matter, uh, the spokesman said in an email. This was uh, very disturbing. I mean, of course, I've heard a lot of pretty nasty things about uh, child welfare uh, organizations 
Um, and especially all over the world, there's been a lot of, you know, I don't know, call them conspiracy theories, call them uh, isolated incidences, call them whatever you want. But, you know, when an organization has the authority to take your children from you, you're not going to make a lot of friends and calling yourself at, putting on a shirt that says, do you know where your children are? I'm a professional kidnapper is not a great way to lighten the mood about this horrible, horrible thing. I just, I want to know what that meeting was like to come up with these shirts. I don't know. It, uh, you know, you know, like, they keep oh, claiming. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, they try and pass it off. Like, Oh, this was just a thing that these ladies did as a, joke or something well that's what i'm saying but though how <laughs> tone deaf and colorblind and just idiotic do you have to be well that, that's why i'm wondering how the meeting was somebody came up with it oh we'll just be we'll be the child kidnappers and you yeah. know everyone goes especially oh, in yeah, pizza land times yeah. well and plus the the uh people who actually printed the shirts Aren't they going to be like, uh, no, I'm yeah. not going to print that on your shirt. <laughs> Somebody should have called the FBI. There's like multiple, along the line multiple here. levels or, or moments when people could have uh, stepped in and uh, at least, you know. Stop this progress before it is too late. Yeah, really. And, you know, the this, um, who was it? Christina Sanders, a former DCS unit supervisor who was the snitch in this case. And uh, she said they they think they're so untouchable, they don't think they can get caught, which is a kind of a weird thing to say about a t-shirt incident. Yeah, you know? that is like, weird. It's kind of almost like they're trying to make it uh, to almost make it a sarcastic thing because they're guilty of something. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know this former, you've got this former agent. He used to work there and was in a position where they felt like they needed to blow the lid off of this. It really is quite a suspicious situation. And of course, you know, this is not a funny thing. Um, that, uh, it, like I mentioned, there's been a lot of shady things in connection with uh, different yeah. child welf welfare organizations over, oh, you know, just globally or whatever, flat earth, flat earthily. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of there was a, a lawyer who exposed a lot of that that was shot and killed along with her husband in their home. This is about three or four years ago. It was hmm. like right around the Pizzagate stuff was, was going public. Uh, it was a lawyer. I think she was from Florida or Georgia, somewhere, somewhere on the East. And they, uh, she had written a whole thing exposing the, the, you know, the whole system yeah. of child welfare and how they, they did, you know, abuse some of their power and stuff and helped out some of these child trafficking rings. Right. And, uh, and, and she was found dead allegedly a murder oh, wow. suicide wow. so of yeah of course there's stuff like this going on and yeah yeah they, i do have to thank uh for the remnant in chat for saying for we not wrestle against karen and her terrible shirts but against <laughs> powers and principalities so yes. <laughs> thank you very much for that yeah very good yeah Okay, so there you go. Yeah, wild. Wild that somebody would think that that's okay, even in a joking way. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got to shave a couple stories, but okay. I wanted to get through this one, and then we'll do the Nephilim update. So here okay. we go. Right. Who 
This is the HoustonChronicle.com. Who, the World Health Organization, unveils Florence, the world's first digital health worker to combat smoking and COVID-19 myths. The World Health huh. Organization has launched its first digital health, uh, health worker, Florence. The digital health worker was created by a company in New Zealand, Soul Machines. We've reported on Soul Machines. Now they've, uh, have, they've, they have a reason to deploy them now. Because Florence is a robot, there's no potential health-related judgment involved. Greg oh, Cross. Goodness. I remember talking about Greg Cross and saying like, oh, Cross, eh? Co-founder of Soul Machines, eh? Uh, said in a video <laughs> that, quote, the lack of human judgment actually makes our digital people more approachable and potentially more helpful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a tweet that they sent out here. Let me play. The... Hi, I'm Florence, a digital health worker with the World Health Organization. I'm here to help tobacco users quit as the world unites against COVID-19. What? Okay. Stop smoking, you COVID-19 people. <laughs> well, allegedly, the idea is that uh, smokers have a significantly higher risk of uh, COVID-19. I hear um, that's uh, depending on what you smoke. But tobacco in this case, I I suppose. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The primary purpose of the WHO initiative helped convince 1 billion tobacco users to quit smoking. Florence uses artificial intelligence to dismiss myths about COVID-19 and smoking and helps people develop a personalized plan to quit tobacco. And it goes on with some numbers here and blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, there you go. Florence, the soul machine deployed during this rona crisis aren't we so lucky basil that we live in such times so lucky so lucky that we have robots to help us quit our bad habits and also uh being unleashed by (laughs) i like that jingle it's nice and snappy you know i know i do Uh, too okay now we have uh to wrap things up here let's do a quick little nephilim update here nephilim update Okay, this is prweb.com. Laron, and, and we're going to, you know, we do this for a lot of people. Any, anytime any author has like a Nephilim reference in their books and they do mm-hmm. some kind of PR thing, we're going to talk about it. Laron Nelson's newly released The Power Within fuses biblical truths into a fictional tale about the extraordinary adventure of a young man. And, you know, I, I don't remember the name of the woman we interviewed a, a few years, uh, several years ago now, uh, that, like, that, that didn't take the Nephilim narrative the way that we see it. But uh, yeah, I think they she did was the, uh, playing with the idea that a Nephilim could be a, a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if that's exactly what's going on here, but let's find out. The Power Within from Christian faith publishing author Laron Nelson is a brilliant combination of Bible truths and the Nephilim that follow a man's mission uh, of drawing his people back home to God's grace. Mm, the power within combination. Yeah. A profound illustrated story about a man who gains power through his faith in God and fulfills his mission. The power within is the creation of published author, Laron Nelson, a father of three who resides in Michigan. He and his family attend resurrection life church and accept Christ as their savior. That's good. Nelson shares, quote, one of the most fascinating facts that occurs throughout the Bible is that we are shown to be created in the image of God, and he consistently gives us power through faith in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Point number one, so God created man. Oh, it goes through some uh, 
passages here. He goes through Genesis one twenty seven, John fourteen twelve, and another John fourteen sixteen through seventeen, all in the NIV. The Bible also briefly describes those that come from the sons of God, and then it quotes Genesis six four. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. Genesis 6-4 implies that the Nephilim are no more, even though it says, and afterwards, after the flood. Anyway, uh, they were on the earth in those days and they were the heroes of old. Did the Nephilim have children as well? Are there traces of them left to this day? This book combines Bible truths along with questions about Nephilim to create a modern tale of how a young man will lead his people back to God and his word. Yes, it just kind of repeats itself. Published by Christian Faith Publishing. Okay, yeah, we get that. Uh, yeah, that's all it says. So what do you think, Basil? Do you think, do you, do you think this is one of those books, The Power Within? Is this, uh, Psyops. Is this it's like a, <laughs> it's like a mix between... Uh, <clears throat> It's like a Joel Olstein take on the Nephilim. If you have Nephilim blood. Yeah, yeah. If you're Nephilim blood, you live your best life now. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get in trouble for that. Yeah. That's that's white privilege right there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yep. check your privilege, Gons. The power within. A uh, story about how a modern Nephilim brings people back to God. I I, I don't know. Nephilim update. Okay, there you go. Well, anything uh, is that it? Are we good That's for today? It. Yeah, is we'll, that a we'll show? Save. Did we do a show? I think we did a show, or at least oh. something like a show. Good. There Over you go. Over two hours. Show show adjacent. Yep. We're not quite <laughs> at the right. three and a half hour point, but you know. People That's can't okay. handle the three That's and a half good. hours. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Here's the thing. Remember, we're doing this at, for now and for the past, oh, my gosh, like five months. We've been doing this show three times a week, and uh, this week is no different. We'll be back on Wednesday, the 29th, Wednesday, the 29th, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. So make sure you turn on notifications, follow us on Twitch, and uh, tune in. Same time, same place, sometime on Wednesday. Uh, And we will see you there. And remember, you got to remember us because uh, we need some more producers for next week's show and so if you want to become a producer of the show i highly recommend it it's not only um you know a a kind of put in what you get out of it type thing but you actually get out what you put into it type of thing and uh so please consider us at patreon.com slash ccnt help us make this show a continuing reality but if you don't like patreon you can uh, head over to canarycryradio.com slash support Canary Cry Radio dot com slash support. That's right. That's where all you cool PayPal folks and cryptocurrency folks can help us out. And we look forward to giving a shout out to our generous and important producers on Wednesday. Now, remember, if uh, financial support is not in the not in the cards for you, that's totally cool. We understand tax season. Just everything's hard right now. Um, But there's other ways you can uh, be a producer of the show. You create art, show related art. If you're a graphic designer or artist or something like that, like Gasoline Bonds. Good, good listener, Allie there. 
Um, you can send all art to canarycryradio at gmail.com is a great way to get that to us as well as jingles if you have a show related jingle a topical jingle that you create make it short make it snappy and don't give us copyright infringements um, you can send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com as well we couldn't do it without you folks so thank you very very much Um, let's see oh remember to leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and all the other places that you listen to the show. It's much more important than you think. And, uh, you know, I just want to remind everybody, as you hear me repeating these things that I repeat every three times a week, (laughs) uh, keep in mind that uh, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, somebody else will do it, uh, that's exactly what everybody else is thinking. So if you're sitting here, you got a couple minutes, you want to help out the show in any way, uh, take action. You know, that's what makes this world go around. Take action. And we thank you very, very much for that. Um, Okay, now, one of the other great ways to support the show is simply sharing it directly with your friends. You got friends, you got family, Dave. Dave needs to hear this show. So why don't you just share an episode (laughs) with Dave, help him along his journey of waking up and realizing that this world is not what it seems. And uh, a good way to do that is just to send him an episode of Canary Cry News Talk or Canary Cry Radio. Um, Just send it right to him. Say, I think you'll like this. I think you need this. And uh, that's a great way to do it too. (laughs) This is a real broad, you threw a real broad brush there with the Dave. I'm just prophetically calling out Dave. Okay. We're going to have some new Dave listeners right. on Wednesday there. But hey, if you need more instructions, here's what you do you walk right up to Dave, you grab Dave by the cage, and then you shake it, Dave. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? That's Noah. Right, just ask Noah. Okay, remember people, Wednesday, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. We will see you there and with much more Canary Cry news talk to talk about. Uh, so, we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to Canary Cry News Talk. See you next time. But until then, all together now, think outside the cage. Especially Dave. Dave.
I wanna shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and warm in a people's zoo. Are you ready to become cyber? I'll keep you safe and warm now in a people's zoo. Ah. You and you in a people's zoo. I'll keep the cameras on. That was nice. You can't handle the truth. Zoo.